0: Five and verse 9 we looked at this morning, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12. Sorry about that, leading you falsely there and saying Matthew 5, okay? Romans chapter 12. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9 it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God or the children of God. And we, we saw this morning that um, God was not intending that to be you become a peacemaker and you will become a son of God. Rather, it's when you are a peacemaker, you reflect that you are a child of God. And a peacemaker, another definition of it, is one who seeks to end strife and establish harmony. And this morning we, we looked at the four aspects of peacemaking just, just as a matter of review. First of all, it's that we get peace with God. We are at enmity with God and we only get peace with God Through Jesus Christ, and over and over again, you will be amazed as you look at Scripture how often it talks about peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then we have, as the Spirit of God rules in our heart, the peace of God ruling in our heart, ministering peace in the midst of a chaotic world, um, ministering peace and uh, providing us... uh, Joy and contentment, even though things around us may not may not be well. Then the aspect: once we are in Christ, and God is, expects us to be a messenger of peace to the unsaved, that we bring the good tidings, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Jesus saves; that we bring that to those that don't know Christ, because. Regardless of how people appear, they may have all the money in the world, they may have all the fame, they may have, it seems, everything going their way. If they do not have Christ, they do not have peace. And we see that brought out over and over again. We can, can mention example after example. Probably no person had the, the world by the tail more than Tiger Woods did a few years ago. But there was no peace in his life, and his life has been a downward spiral ever since then. And the only answer is Jesus Christ. And that's where, as believers, we need to bring the gospel to the unbelievers. And we sang tonight, Rescue the Perishing. And then the fourth aspect is a helper of peace with believers, that with fellow believers, we take the high road and we um, help bring peace uh, personally and as well as with others. And tonight, that's what we want to spend some time looking at, how to be a peacemaker. And we need to make sure that we understand there is a difference between peacemaking and peace-achieving. A peacemaker longs for peace. He desires peace. He prays for peace. But even though that may be our desire, peace may not come. I mean, we may, we may long for someone to come to Christ and come to peace with God and we may pray for it and labor for it and, and do all that we can, but we can't make that happen. But we still can be a peace lover, and uh, it is important for us to realize that. In Romans chapter 12, he lays down some important principles of practical living, and he says in verse 17, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible... As much as depends on you, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So he teaches us how to respond as Jesus Christ. He said, when evil comes into your life, don't repay evil for evil. And he says, if it is possible... As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Well, what, what does it mean, as much as lieth in you? That's kind of what we want to look at tonight. As, as far as we possibly can, do whatever we can so that there, there would be peace. And he also understands that there are some situations. Where there will not be peace. And we begin with point number one a peacemaker must always stand for truth. Um, Jesus was the greatest peacemaker that has ever lived. I think we we all would would agree with that. But in Christ's coming, his number one priority was truth and obedience to the Father, and because of that, it brought division. Peace that is built on anything separated from truth is not is not genuine peace. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus went on and After he said you must love peace and work for peace, he then went on and taught similar to Romans chapter 12 to pray for your enemies, do good to them. But he also taught we must never abandon our allegiance, our faithfulness to his word no matter what animosity it may bring. If You stand for truth, and it causes there to be an absence of peace. We need to make sure that we stood for truth in a proper manner. There are ways that we can stand for truth in a spirit that drives others away, a spirit of arrogance. We can stand for truth in a condescending manner. But as much as lieth in us as we stood for truth, It is important that we understand we cannot forsake truth and we cannot abandon the teaching of God's word. And if that means that there will be a problem, then we must always come down on the side of truth. A a true peacemaker has the foundation of truth. And that is, um, that is unequivocally not negotiable. So a peacemaker always stands for truth. Now, some basic principles for us to understand. It is amazing how often in Scripture you will find these two words put together, mercy and truth. In Psalm 25 and verse 10, it says, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimony. In Psalm 86 and verse 15, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, longsuffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. Proverbs 3.3, 3, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. We said, point number one, it is important that we stand in truth. But to stand in truth in the combination that only God can give, to stand in truth in a manner that we manifest a merciful spirit. to be merciful, to give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, we can we can hold people to a standard much higher than we hold ourselves to. Most every one of us are very, very merciful people when it comes to ourselves. We cut ourselves a lot of grace. We cut ourselves a lot of slack. We are very merciful, well, I just messed up, or, you know, I didn't know, or whatever. And we, are, we end up being very merciful to ourselves. We need to, we need to level out this mercy that we have to ourselves to bring it down to where we're the same mercy to ourselves and others. Or maybe it's bring up the mercy that we have to others. Um we can hold a standard of truth that can crush anyone and can crush us. But a peacemaker is merciful. A peacemaker um, is willing to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, it's important that that we that we understand, you know, have patience. How many times have you been the recipient of patience? How many times have, have you received mercy? And, and it's important for us in this whole aspect of peacemakers um, to understand that there are people that are coming behind us and we need to manifest mercy. I, one of the things I told Asa when he left Monday for college, I said, there's going to be freshmen there this year. Make it your goal to treat them like you wish someone would have treated you. That's merciful. Put yourself in their shoes. You know, um, when you're in a situation, somebody new at work, they don't know where the shovel is. They don't know where to put stuff. They don't know the basics. You remember your first day on the job and it's like, yee, you know. Ah, this kid doesn't know anything. What a blockhead. Why do we hire these people? That's not going to produce peace. And and in understanding, um, have a merciful spirit and and... That will bring much peace. Thirdly, refuse to give or listen to an evil report. Over and over again in the Bible, we are exhorted much in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-five says, whoever has a proud heart stirs up strife. Why do we like to give or listen to an evil report? Because we think if it pushes them down, it elevates me. Well, I'm not like that. I wouldn't have thought of doing that. But the aspect is we're going right down with them when when we're talking about it. When we're getting, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? And the Christian thing is not, did you hear about so and so? We need to really pray for so and so. Why? Oh, you haven't heard? How often do we even pray about it? But what is our motive for doing it? Um, Proverbs twenty six seventeen, he that intermeddleth with strife not belonging to him is like one who takes a dog by the ears. Um. You're not going to get anything good out of it. You're, you're going to have a lack of peace. And this is really a big, big thing. Um, refusing to listen. Think about it. All gossip would stop if there were never a listening ear to gossip. If, if always it ended up, I'm sorry, I don't want to hear about that. If that was always the case, um, or if it was just, hey, let's just stop right here and pray for them. God, I don't know what's going on in their life right now, but um, I just pray that you'd minister your grace. You'd help them to know your will. I mean, think what, think what difference there would be in, in life, in church, in families, in business, Refusing to hear. And and think how it would protect us individually if we refuse to listen to or give an evil report. So, to be a peacemaker, stand in truth, be merciful, to re- refuse to give or listen to an evil report. And then, number four, forgive. There will be... times in life that people actually do wrong and offend you. And we have a choice then. Am I going to harbor this? Am I going to hold on to it? And I I know there's some that say, well, you can't forgive them until they come and ask forgiveness. And... I'm not going to argue that. Probably technically that's true, but let's let's just illustrate this. This is an offense that has come into my life. I can carry that around and say I, I can't forgive them till they come and ask me to, for forgiveness, or I can bring it to God and say, God, I'm I'm not going to let this affect my life. I'm going to give it to you. You deal with it as you see fit, and. Um, I'm not going to go into all the things. There there are times God will lead us to go and confront them if a brother's offended us or if we've offended a brother. But there's times it may be, you know what, I shouldn't even have been offended about this. And and maybe you went to them and and mentioned it and it was a genuine offense and it didn't do any good. You say, God, I'm leaving that in your hands. I, I am still going to love them. I'm still going to care for them. I'm leaving that. I am not going to carry that around. I am not going to let that hinder my life and my love for you and my love for them. And over and over again, I mean, he says, do not be overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. You notice he says, if your enemy... The one that is really out against you. A peacemaker. If he's hungry, he feeds him. If he's thirsty, he gives him to drink. But to forgive them. uh, A church sign says, forgive your enemies. It messes with their heads. Now, that's not why you do it. But that's a fringe benefit of it, okay? But the reality is... Why do we hold on to it? See, the people we end up being bitter against, our bitterness doesn't affect them one minute. We go to bed and we toss and turn and think about their bitterness. They may be in the next room sleeping. I was going to say sleeping like a baby. I don't know where that term came from. Sleeping like a dog would be a better term, all right? Um because a lot of babies don't sleep very well, all right? But our bitterness only affects us. So learn to forgive and be, um, what do they call it, pay it forward, pay forgiveness forward. Number five, learn to see as God sees. God, what are you teaching me through this? Learn to see, if, if it's a personal situation, learn to see the person as God sees that person. How does God see that person? Well, he created them. They're valuable to him. There is great potential in their life. I mean, it's easy for us to look at someone and say, they're a worthless piece of nothing. no. There is great, great potential. if If they get reconciled to God, my, what can God do in their life? And we need to learn to see as God sees. and we we need to learn to understand um, the ways of God and and see, okay, God created them for a pur- purpose. He has allowed these circumstances for a purpose. He has put all this together. Okay, God, what is it you're trying to teach me about you, about my own heart? God, what is it you are trying to teach me about them? How do I need to see them? That is a, a biblical way of seeing them. And, and to learn to see from God's perspective. That's a peacemaker. And number six. A peacemaker is one that brings good news. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 15, he quotes the prophet Isaiah, and he says, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. He says how wonderful, how refreshing it is, to those that bring good tidings glad tidings of good things that preach the gospel of peace the gospel that's good news the gospel the good news of reconciliation to god that i am a sinner and god is willing to forgive me and and give me a walk with him and i have experienced that, I know that, and I want to give you some good news. The answer is not in getting the car you want, or the home you want, or the ranch you want, or the fame you want, or the money you want. It's not in all... There's good news. You can achieve this. It's in Jesus Christ. It's a free gift. You know, I I thought today... This is a a critical, critical time right now in the life of just about all the Olympians. They have given their lives, and um, and the ones that win gold, the high is going to be there. But from personal, not personal experience, but from the personal experience of other gold medalists. There's coming a day when they sit down and say, is this all there is to it? There are the silver medalists who some of them by one one-hundredth of a second missed out on a gold medal. And, and they're devastated by it. And they invested all of this they say that the bronze medalists are, us- are usually um, studies they've done. Overwhelmingly, gold and bronze medalists are the happiest. Silver medalists, it's always, I could have won the gold. I should have won the gold. The bronze, they realize, I am happy to get a medal. I I. I beat out the other person. The silver and those that finish fourth place are the most devastated. There were individuals in this last Olympics that um, finished fourth place by a hundredth of a second. There were other individuals, a wrestler from Iowa, All this energy goes out, first match, gets beat, 11 to nothing in one minute. Gee, my knee, all that energy. I mean, years and years of nothing but focused on that. He is facing a crisis right now. And most all these athletes are. You know, we need to pray that the ones that are believers... And that God would bring believers into these people's lives with good news, glad tidings. Hey, there is hope. I read today, um, some, I think it was the last Olympics, a tandem women's rowing missed a bronze medal by one one hundredth of a second. So they decided that they would work. And try for the next, next Olympics. They worked harder than they ever, ever had before. And in the Olympic trials, they missed qualifying for the Olympic team. And the devastation that is there. You know, the bottom line is, apart from Christ, everybody is going to end up with devastation you can't you can't get through this life without it because without Christ it is empty. That's why we are messengers of peace. God, this week, how can you use me to bring good tidings? how can you use me to bring good news to people? and see it begins in just in just our viewpoint of life when when people see I mean, Think of it. You know people that when you see them coming, it's like, oh, boy. Right? How many of you know anybody like that? Don't point fingers. Okay? But it's like, oh, boy. And you also know people that when you see them coming, it's like, ah, this will be refreshing. This this will be good. The question is, what do people think when they see us coming? And as believers that have Christ, we should be coming with good tidings. We should be, it should be good news. I mean, just the aura of peace, the peace of God that rules in our heart, that should, that should go before us. And, and it should. Have an impact on those that were around that, hey, everything's all right in my father's house. And the reality of that. And and what kind of news are we bringing to people? Do we bring good news? Is it something positive when we come around? Can you imagine if everybody that professed to be a Christian started bringing, I'm not just talking positive, but God is positive, and how beautiful are the feet of those that bring the gospel of peace and proclaim good news with glad tidings. Can you imagine if we really, again, if we really lived it? If it really was that we weren't just content, well, I've got peace with God and I'm going to heaven Know that we now are a peacemaker, that we now start looking like the Father. Wow, He he looks like the Father. He is an instrument of peace. As we said this morning, every believer is in full-time ministry. The full-time ministry of reconciliation. And who is God putting into your life that He wants you to be a peacemaker? And what is there in your life now that there's not peace, that you need to forgive, that you need to give the benefit of the doubt, that you need to be merciful, that you need to overcome evil with good, that you need to say, God, I'm leaving it to you. Vengeance is yours. You will take care of it. I now am going to overcome evil with good. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will reflect. The character of their Father. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would reflect the character of you. I pray that whatever needs to be changed in our life so that we would be peacemakers, that you would help us to see what it is, and that by the power of your Spirit, we truly would be changed. Lord, This world is in desperate need of you as it has always been. And thank you for giving us, as believers, the great, great privilege of representing you. Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged in this ministry, and I pray if there are any here tonight that have never called upon you, never been brought to peace with you, that tonight they would do that before they leave, that they would mention it to someone and and to have the privilege of pointing them to you. So, Lord, we thank you for this great privilege we have to be ambassadors of yours. May we walk in peace, and may the peace of you rule in our hearts, I pray. We want to have our...